hear the word of God from Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. This reading comes from the New Revised Standard Version. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, Which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and besides him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask any questions. The word of God for the world. Thanks be to God. Well, even a preacher like me would admit that there are parts of the Christian faith that are just too hard to understand. Over the centuries, we have developed layers of doctrines and lots of complicated concepts and unpronounceable words. And reading the Bible by yourself without any kind of guidance or without any kind of community by your side can be just plain befuddling and a chore. And on top of all that, there are some parts about believing in God that are just plain hard to figure out, which is why every now and then it is good to go back to Jesus, especially in Mark chapter 12, because it was there that He was able to take all of the complexity, all of the ambiguity of what it means to believe in God and boil it down to the simplest, plainest easiest to understand language. Love God, love all. It really was as simple as that. A legal expert came up to Jesus to ask him a question. Now, in the other Gospels who tell this story, the man showed up in order to trip Jesus up with a convoluted religious argument, a, a trap he asked Jesus a question, Jesus, which of the commandments is the greatest? Now, there were thousands of Hebrew laws, and either way Jesus would have answered that question, it would have doomed him. If he were to pick one and say that was the greatest, he might have been accused of saying that all of the other commandments weren't as important. But if he refused to pick one, he could have been accused of saying that he wasn't taking the commandments seriously. That's the trap that the man was setting in the other Gospels, Matthew and Luke. But not here in Mark, because here in Mark, the man shows up to ask a question, not, not to trip Jesus up, but because he needed his help, because he was earnestly seeking an answer. 
In Mark's gospel, the man shows up and basically asks Jesus, can you help me? I know all of the complexities, all of the dimensions of belief, but I just need to know, can you explain to me in the simplest language what it means to follow God? Can you explain it to me the way you would to a child? And so in Mark chapter 12, Jesus answers the man's earnest question, love God, love all. Love God with everything you are and love everyone without exception as if they were just like you. It really is that simple. Karl Barth, who by many standards was the greatest theologian in the 20th century, a man who wrote volumes about Christian belief, was a prolific author, helped create and clarify lots of doctrines that we hold dear today, was once asked by a student a very profound question. The student said, Dr. Bart, what is the most important Christian belief? And Karl Bart, the master of Christian doctrine, with decades of study and academic prowess at his disposal, volumes of Christian doctrine in his mental file, chose to answer the student's question in the simplest way possible. He said, the most important Christian belief is this, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Love, it really is that simple. I know that there are parts of following Jesus that are mystifying and challenging. I get it. I know that there's a temptation to walk away from the Christian faith because you might feel like it's too hard or it's too irrational or it's too hard to understand. I get it. And so every once in a while, we need someone to remind us that what Jesus was telling us is important and to tell us in the simplest clearest, most basic terms. And I think that kind of simplicity and plain spoken clarity is what made Fred Rogers such an important and iconic influence for many of us. I had an interesting childhood. I grew up in a household where English was not the primary language spoken in our home. My parents spoke Tagalog to me in their native Filipino tongue, which means that many of my very first spoken words were not in English. They were in Tagalog. But when I was old enough to go to kindergarten, I surprisingly excelled. I knew my English words. I knew how to read and how to write and how to count. And I advanced so much in kindergarten that my kindergarten teachers said that I could skip right past kindergarten and get promoted to first grade. And I'm not telling you this because I was particularly smart when I was a kid or that I was a harder worker than the other students. I think it's because every single day I had a fixed appointment in front of my television on the living room floor. 
sitting there every single day watching the children's television workshop on WEDU, local channel 3, our public broadcasting station here in Tampa Bay. And it was through watching hours and hours and hours of Sesame Street that I learned how to write, that I learned how to read, that I learned how to count. Ah, ah, ah. Sesame Street taught me a lot about how to use my brain, but I needed more than that. Back when I was that age, I was a very shy kid, very reserved, the target of some bullying. I was very socially awkward, a far cry from the charming stud that I am today. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing, but anyway. Sesame Street taught me how to use my head, but I needed another show to teach me how to use my heart. I suspect that there are many of us here this morning, not just Gen Xers like myself, who have been forever impacted by the work of Fred Rogers and his long-running television show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I think it's fair to say that I watched just about every single episode of his all throughout my elementary school years, because whereas Sesame Street taught us about numbers and letters, Mr. Rogers taught us how to express our feelings, how to imagine, how to be creative, how to be compassionate, how to be empathetic, and how to be filled with a patient, curious, childlike wonder in the world. But by far, the most important message that Mr. Rogers taught us was love. His message really was that simple. It's been said that the success and influence of Fred Rogers came because he arrived at the perfect convergence of events and developments in this country. He showed up on the scene when the television industry was just at its, its infancy, when it was still trying to figure out its potential. He, he came to prominence at the same time that many famous child psychologists were entering the scene, T. Barry Brazelton, Eric Erickson, many others. And there was a whole new generation of children who needed him with divorced parents and dual-income families on the rise, our society was going through a changing definition of what it meant to be a nuclear family. And so children needed new tools to help negotiate all of the challenges and changes that were happening in their families and in, in the culture of our country. They needed to know how to express what they were feeling. They needed to learn how to trust adults, and they needed to discover within themselves just how special they were. And that's where Mr. Rogers came in. Last year, the Academy Award for Best Documentary Film went to a movie by Morgan Neville called Won't You Be My Neighbor? And of all the films that we could have covered in our four-part worship series, Faith at the Movies, we had to include this one, a film that I suspect many of us have seen over the past year. 
Morgan Neville didn't want his film to just be your standard boilerplate biography of Fred Rogers. He wanted it to be deeper than that. He wanted this film to explore what motivated Fred Rogers, what his organizing principles were, what his chief philosophy was that fueled his mission every single day. And so, at the right outset of the movie, just within the first two minutes of the film, we hear the answer to that question of what Fred Rogers' chief philosophy was. This is what he said, love is at the root of everything, all learning, all parenting, all relationships, love or the lack of it. It really was that simple for him, love. And where do you suppose Fred Rogers learned about love? Yep, you guessed it, from Jesus. Fred Rogers actually never intended to be a television star. He studied to be a minister of all things. He was actually ordained as a Presbyterian minister, and he was appointed to be a Presbyterian clergy in the television industry. I mean, how do you get that gig, I wonder? <laughs> and in Morgan Neville's film, we learn just how important his Christian faith was as a foundation to all that he did. Love God. Love all. It really is that simple. That was a message that he offered to us time after time with words that he not only spoke, but with words that he sung. So many of the songs of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood are still etched in the caverns of my memory. They, they still drift into my mind every now and again, and I need to hear its truths. The truths of Mr. Rogers' songs are ones that we still need to hear today. Perhaps we even need to hear right now. Songs like, it's you I like. It's not the clothes you wear. It's not the way you do your hair, thank God. It's you I like. The way down deep inside you not the things that hide you, not your toys, they're just beside you. What's you I like, every part of you, your skin, your eyes, your feelings, whether old or new. I hope that you'll remember even when you're feeling blue. It's you I like, it's you yourself, it's you, it's you I like. I mean, when you, when you hear those words, when, When you hear those words, doesn't your childhood come crashing back, flooding into you? When you hear those words, doesn't your inner child need to remember those words? His career spanned 33 years, and along the way, he tackled some very complex social issues. 
He talked to us about war. He spoke to us about assassinations of political leaders. He talked to us when the space shuttle exploded. And of course, he talked to us about segregation. In one of the most powerful moments, not just of the film, but in all of television history, it came when he and Francois Clemens, an African-American actor who played a police officer on the show, joined together in this classic scene. Mr. Rogers aired his last show in August of 2001, but it wouldn't be the last broadcast he would offer on television. That actually would come a month later, September 2001, in the wake of 9-11. His producers begged him to go back on the air just one last time and speak to the children and the adults of this country about how to express our feelings in the wake of the terrorist attacks. And so, true to form, Mr. Rogers went on the air one last time, and he spoke to us about love. This is what he said. No matter what our particular job, especially in our world today, we all are called to be tikkun olam, repairers of creation. Thank you for whatever you do, wherever you are, to bring joy and light and hope and faith and pardon and love to your neighbor and yourself. By the way, in Mark's version of today's scripture reading, unlike the other gospels, the man who asked Jesus that question, he actually got it. He actually listened to what Jesus said, and he understood what Jesus was saying, because in verse 32 and 33, the man basically said to Jesus, I get it. Loving God and loving my neighbor really is the most important thing. And that's when Jesus said to the man, you are not very far from the kingdom, which I think is Mark's way of Jesus telling the man, I'm glad you're my neighbor. It's been said that we could use another Fred Rogers today, someone who could be our moral compass, someone who could speak into the chaos and noise pollution of our culture and our country and our world, and speak to us with a patient and deliberate and unwavering voice, someone who could cut through all of the complexities of our time with a resolute reminder that what Jesus said to us 2,000 years ago is just as true now as it was back then. Love God. Love all. Love God with everything you are, and love everyone without exception as if they were just like you. I wonder if that might be you. Let's pray together.
God, amid all the chaos and noise pollution of our time, we thank You for the clarity that You give to us, that loving You and loving others is really the most important and simplest thing. We thank You for the enduring legacy of Fred Rogers and the way his life serves as a luminary to light our paths in a difficult world. And thank You for Jesus in whose image we are being fashioned day after day, and who taught us that the greatest commandment simply is to love you with everything we are, and to love everyone without exception, as if they were just like us. Help us, O Lord, to carry that light so that others might find love in you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and let all God's people say, Amen. And so, be a person of love, embody it with your actions, let it flow from your lips, let it fill your minds and hearts, and let it dictate your offering right now as you offer to God your prayer concerns and your joys, your financial contributions to God through this church, and the deepest commitments of your hearts. We invite the ushers to come forward.